I'm Patrick Reynolds, founder of Kenzai, and this is Welcome to Your Body. In this podcast, we try to cut through the haze and the noise around what actually works, about what makes you you. And today, let's get to a topic which a lot of people have questions about and people don't like to talk about, especially personal trainers and fitness professionals. We talk about genetics and how important they actually are to how you look and how you feel and how you function. The kernel inside every fitness effort is the belief that you have the ability to change yourself. The French scientist Alexis Carrel, he had a really poetic way of saying this. Translated as, as, man can't remake himself without suffering, for he is both the marble and the sculptor. Self-improvement activities are unique because they are using the power of the mind and the body to change that very mind and body itself. It truly is pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. This is why it's so hard to do. It requires huge portions of determination and positivity and steadiness and because it's going to be hard. And when things get hard, when the body is fighting the change you're forcing on it, you have to know that the suffering will pay off. You have to have an expectation that things you're doing will work. And this is why personal trainers and fitness professionals tiptoe around the topic of genetics. Because you're training your body, you're focusing on the things you can control which is your nutrition and how you stimulate your muscles, how you rest, and your mental state, your, your mental game. Juggling all of that is plenty hard. Like that's a, that's a full plate. If you also start to worry about your genetic profile, it gets really distracting. It's really hard to understand. It's really hard to explain. And you can't do anything about it. If you dwell too much on genetics, you're going to really impact your positivity and determination. And so most trainers avoid it. I want you to stay positive and determined, so I need you to stick with me as we discuss this topic all the way through to the end. There's going to be some bummer moments during this podcast, but I promise if you make it through to the end with me, you're going to feel empowered and more in control, because you were looking at all the facts on the table. Let's start with the word gene. Gene is just shorthand for the molecular constructions that determine how your body codes proteins. As a human, you have about 20,000 genes. You and your cat share 90% of the same genes, literally the same code. You and a fruit fly buzzing around your old bananas have about 60% of the same genes. And those bananas, those rotting bananas, they have about 50% of the same genes as you. So if we took your genetic code and laid it all out and put you up against a banana, you're about half the same. Our closest genetic cousin is the chimpanzee, who we share about 98% of our DNA. That last 2% is the difference between the animal you see in the zoo and you, just 2%. Now let's look at Homo sapiens. The genetic difference between you and any other human on the planet is at most 0.5%. And within this half of a percentage, we make ourselves miserable. When you compare yourself with another person, you're highlighting the tenth of a percent difference between you and them. Anytime one human is comparing themselves to another human, they are comparing the tiniest fraction of a sliver of genetic difference. The color of a person's skin is, in terms of genetics, a rounding error. Completely meaningless. It's such a trivial thing, it's not even worth talking about. But look how much grief that one difference has caused throughout world history. 
If you want to end racism and sexism and fundamentalism, the one way to go is to teach kids science. That's all it takes, but that's a different topic. So the context for this whole podcast is within this tiny sliver of percent of difference between people. So keep that in mind. If you zoom out, we are all exactly the same. Every human is exactly like every other human. We're zooming in now to the micro differences between us, but that's where we tend to spend our mental energy and that's where we make ourselves miserable. So let's talk about the most important things that your genetics determines that you really can't do anything about. The first is your proportions. This is your basic bone structure. How wide your hips are and your shoulders, how tall you are, the length of your limbs, the shape of your skull. This is all mapped into your DNA. You can't do a damn thing about it. Next thing is your fat storage. Everyone has different coding for where their body prefers to tuck away excess adipose tissue. It could be you have a large collection point in your midsection or your hips or your thighs or your breasts or the back of the arms or even under the chin. You can't do anything about where your body prefers to store fat. It's deeply encoded. Next one is muscle mass. So if you look at a gorilla, they are about 10 times stronger than the strongest human. But you don't ever see any apes waiting for their turn on the bench press machine. Uh, the gorilla genome just codes for extremely high muscle mass. In our smaller subset of humans, we see that there's a big variation in the amount of muscle mass that people naturally hold without extra training. So that's another factor which we can't do much about. Finally, muscle composition. Uh, This is complicated, so we'll just keep it really light. There are two kinds of muscle fibers. One are called slow twitch. It's a much more red fiber, rich in mitochondria, and it's really good at using oxygen. Fast twitch muscle is more white fiber. It uses a lot of sugar as its energy source. Slow twitch muscle has really high endurance, but low power output. So that's really good for something like long-distance running, like a marathon. Fast-switch muscle can produce a lot of power, but it also gets tired and used up really quickly. So this is great for something like sprinting or powerlifting. We all have both types of fiber. You need both to survive. But your genes will determine what ratio of each type you actually have. People who have predominantly slow-twitch muscle fiber will have less visibly large muscles and will struggle to add muscle mass, but they'll have much better endurance. And people who have a lot of fast-switch fibers will find they can gain muscle easily, but they also get tired really quickly when they try to do something like running. When you're getting fit, these four areas, your proportion, your fat storage pattern, your overall muscle mass, and the way those muscles are composed with fast and slow-twitch fibers, these are the four things that actually determine how you're going to look. They're really important. They're huge. And there's not anything you can do about them. They are genetically hardwired. Now, the problem is, in our modern culture, there's a clear preference forming as to what body type is the most aesthetically pleasing. So, you need to be tall, but not too tall. And if you're a man, you should have very even fat storage across your body. And if you're a woman, you should have fat storage going to your hips and your breasts, but nowhere else. You should have well-balanced muscle mass and composition. And... Men, the look, the aesthetic, is much more towards fast-twitch muscle fiber, which create tone and dimension. And women, they should have more slow-twitch muscle fibers, which create long, elegant lines of muscle. So if all of these things are true for you, then congratulations. You have won the genetic lottery, and you are the ideal body type for our modern Western culture. Now, if you went to Samoa with that body type, you would be considered a skinny freak. And if you were in the 
Han Dynasty, a thousand years ago, you would be considered a hideous, over-muscled barbarian because they preferred much slimmer body types at that time. That's the nature of culture. It's fickle, and it changes over time. But let's say you didn't get lucky, you didn't pass all those hurdles. Maybe you're a guy and you're too short. Maybe you're a girl and you're too tall. Maybe you're a male, but you have too much slow-twitch muscle, which makes you kind of skinny. Or you're a female and you have too much red muscle, making your muscles too bulky and not feminine enough. And you can't change these things. You are completely stuck. So you have two options from here. You can either despair and say, I'll never have the body I want. Or you can delight in the body that you do have. And of course, we recommend delight over despair every time. Eating right and exercising won't make you look like a model, but it will make you look like you. And that's awesome. Within all of us is a genetic blueprint for our body at its best. This means that your body with low body fat, with good muscle mass, with a strong heart, good organs, and a high performance. Your low body fat might never be the same as a naturally lean person, and that lean person's muscle might never be as high as yours, but these things don't matter. For better or worse, you have the genes that you do, and all that matters is that you make the most of them. No one could ask any more of you. Bodybuilders know this really well. I've often heard the bodybuilders that I know talk about things like, I reached my genetic potential at 32 years old. The importance of good genetics isn't a dirty secret on the bodybuilding circuit. And this is actually why steroid abuse is so widely tolerated. The same for any kind of sport like like cycling. When everyone is eating perfectly and working as hard as they can and giving their lives to a sport, the role of genetics becomes kind of an insult. For these elite people, good DNA seems like a really arbitrary way to select winners. And that's why they're quite happy to take whatever advantage they can from drugs. Now fortunately, none of us has to compete at these elite levels. And we can skip all the harm and the extremism that happens at that level. We can find happiness dealing with the genes we have and expressing our true selves. And trust me, there's a lot you can do. First and foremost, and I'll keep saying this every podcast until I'm blue in the face, get your body fat down with good nutrition. Low body fat will make every kind of body look good. After you take care of that, exercise smart and exercise often. This means... Targeted workouts that burn calories and build muscle in a sustainable way. This will get you 90% of the way there towards looking great. The last 10% is all about the choices you make. So if you're a lady and you have a kind of blah midsection, not a lot of tone, but you have great arms, start wearing a sleeveless dress. Work with what you have. If you're a guy and you have a really weak upper body, but you have really nice toned legs, that's the way your genetics played out. Wear some shorts. Show those legs off. Get them out there. Accentuate your best points and minimize your weaknesses. You're going to look better, which is nice, but you're going to feel better about yourself. And this allows you to access the positivity and determination, which is going to keep you healthy for the long run. When people talk about genetics, the most common comparison is to being dealt a deck of cards. This is the hand I got. I got to play out the best I can. I was dealt a bad hand. Tough luck, right? But that analogy isn't quite right. It never rang true for me because it's missing an important caveat. Yes, you are at the mercy of the genetic card dealer, but you have the ability to look at your hand and then walk around the entire casino and choose which game is best suited for. 
So maybe you drew cards that are great for poker. Great, hit the poker table. Maybe you have a good blackjack hand. Go to the blackjack table. Maybe it'd be better to take your hand and play bridge on a quiet Sunday. That's fine, it's up to you. So you've got to go out into the world and find the activities that match up well with your natural physical properties. If you're burly and full of fast twitch muscle, don't kill yourself trying to run a marathon. And if you're naturally lean and toned, don't get caught up trying to get bigger muscles like most men do or sexier curves like women do. You'll see your personal satisfaction skyrocket once you stop fighting your genes to start working with what you've got. Think about a skillful carpenter who's been given a piece of wood. He's not going to just cut into it randomly. He's going to look at the grain of the wood. He's going to find the best line for his project. The same with a sculptor. A sculptor will look at their raw piece of marble and they find the pose that gets the most out of that block of stone because stone's expensive. You should take the same approach with your body. Look at what you got, find the grain of it, find the best expression of it, and go for it. So your first task is to get your body fat down and your muscle mass up. After that's been achieved, you can start looking around for the best fashion choices, the best activities that help you express what your body is good at. And the third task is to enjoy your wonderful, one-of-a-kind body, not despite its flaws, but because its flaws are what make you you. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Your Body. If you like this podcast, if you like thinking about your body in this way and finding your true expression of your physicality, join the Kenzai program. They're launching every month. We're going to get you in great shape, get that body fat knocked out, get that muscle mass up, and have you looking your best. See you next week.